Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the book of Ruth. You may be seated. We begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your faithfulness to your promises. Uh, Lord, we live in a world of broken promises where it becomes very easy to doubt so many good things that you say to us, and yet, Lord, you remain faithful to everything you have promised. We pray this day that as we hear your word, you would strengthen our faith in your promises and remind us, Lord, that you cling to us. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name. Amen. But Ruth clung to her. And this is not really what Naomi wanted Ruth to do. Naomi wanted to be left alone. Naomi wanted to wallow in her misery. She wanted to be left to die. As far as Naomi was concerned, God had taken everything from her. Her husband had died, and her only two sons had died. And now you need to understand that in ancient Israel, what this meant for a woman to be widowed with no sons meant to be left for a life of begging. She was an older woman, so she basically figured from this point on she was going to be left begging and dying. And she was content to wallow in this sorrow. And the last thing she needed was to be caring for her daughters-in-law. And so she, this Israelite woman, Naomi, sends her daughters-in-law back to their home country of Moab. These two daughters-in-law, one by the name of Orpah and the other by the name of Ruth, were with Naomi, and Orpah listened. And she went back home. It, the text tells us she kissed Naomi, but she left. But not Ruth. Ruth clung to her. So we find the introduction to the story of one of the most uh, beautiful and surprising accounts in all of Scripture, uh, the beginning of the account of Ruth. Ruth is a book, if you are familiar with it, it's a wonderful book. If you're not familiar with it, let me give you a little background here. It was written during a time when everything was kind of disastrous in Israel. It was the time of the judges, and, and we'll come back to that in a minute. But things were bad in, in the nation of Israel. Ruth is the account of a woman who has lost everything and is utterly bitter and full of sorrow. And yet, it's the account of a friend who remains faithful to her in the midst of her sorrow. And it's a beautiful story of friendship. But even deeper than that, what we're going to find today is this story is not just an encouraging story about friendship, but it's actually about God's faithfulness to his promises and to his people. A beautiful verse to actually summarize Ruth is found for us in our reading from 2 Timothy today, where St. Paul says these words, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. And this, this promise of faithfulness from God is very good news. And it's news, I think, it's a word, I think, that we as Community Lutheran Church very much need to be reminded of. We need to be reminded that God is faithful to his promises to us. Because I don't know if you've noticed this about the church lately, uh, uh, but there's a lot of praying going on around here. That's a good thing, of course. But it's because a lot of this praying, our prayer list is getting very long. Have you noticed the prayer list lately? 
And if you look, uh, our homebound, our home uh, visits, our, our homebound folks, that list continues to get longer. We've been dealing with one story of cancer after another. People are continually in and out of the hospital. Since mid-August, we've had a funeral here at the church nearly every weekend and sometimes uh, multiple funerals here at the church. We have families that are struggling, some families that are falling apart. We have uh, people who are struggling to find work, a lot of difficulties going on. And what we see taking place in the church right now is a lot of people who could potentially feel a lot like Naomi or everything feels like it's being taken away from them. And they're, they're in a difficult and perhaps even bitter place. And now I know, I know, we're good Lutherans, you know, so we would never talk the way that Naomi talks, but we can identify with her at times when you hear her say things like, it's exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Now, none of us would ever say that the hand of the Lord has gone out against us, but inside, you know what that feels like. Where perhaps the faithfulness of God to his promises seem like nearly forgotten dreams at best or a mean joke at worst. And if it, this were not enough for what's going on in Naomi's life, and if this is not enough for what's going on in our own lives, consider what's going on in the world. Think about what was going on in the world during the time of, of Naomi and Ruth. Israel, during the time of the judges, was a disaster. The people of Israel were continuing continually turning from God and worshiping other gods. This was creating wars among the tribes. This caused other nations to come in and attack and, and assault Israel. And God would raise up judges to, to save and protect the people. But these judges were hardly sort of stalwarts of heroic morality. <laughs> the world of Israel at the time was summarized this way at the end of the book of Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now as Americans we hear that and we think, wait, isn't that the ideal? No king and everybody doing what they want. But no, actually, it's not. What the book means when it says everyone was doing what is right in his own eyes means that they were doing what was wrong in God's eyes. The people of Israel were living against the will of God. And you read about the sinfulness and the wickedness in the land, and you begin to realize something rather shocking about this account. This Israelite nation, those were the people God chose to bring forth his Savior. These are the people that God chose to bring forth the Messiah. And as you read through the Old Testament, you come to the end of the book of Judges, you begin to wonder, is God actually going to pull this thing off? God's promise to bring the Messiah through them, is he actually going to remain faithful to that promise when they remains so faithless. We have to remember a little bit about the Old Testament here. We're going to take a little bit of a detour through the entire Old Testament, so I hope you've got about 45 minutes on your hands right now. But when you go back all the way to the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, and, and they, they sort of rebelled in that satanic rebellion against God, in that moment, God was handing out punishments to Adam and to Eve and to Satan, but while he's handing out those punishments, he also makes a promise. And the promise is directed against the serpent, it's directed against Satan, but it's for the good of his people. He promises that serpent this, that from Eve would come a descendant, one of Eve's descendants, the child of Eve would come. And this one would come, and Jesus says it this way, or uh, God says it this way, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. 
In other words, you're going to attack him, but he is going to crush you. And what God is actually promising here is that God is going to send a Savior who is going to completely undo the work of Satan on this creation. This is Genesis 3.16. It is, it is the first gospel proclamation, really, that we have in the Bible. The rest of the Old Testament, then, and really the rest of Scriptures, then, are God making good on this promise. This sort of roundabout way that God goes to make good on this promise to overcome the work of Satan. But as you're working your way through the Old Testament, and if you don't know the end of the story, you don't know about the coming of Jesus, when you get to the end of Judges, you're thinking to yourself, is he actually going to be able to pull this thing off? Look how sinful these people are. Look how faithless Israel is. He's promised to bring forth the Messiah through them, but they can't seem to follow him for more than three minutes. Is he going to actually do this thing? Is he actually going to remain faithful? Because it would be a miracle if God could bring salvation out of this. If they are so faithless, will God remain faithful? So if it weren't enough for all the other problems we're facing in our lives, I think we can identify with this one as well. I mean, as we watch the television, as we watch the news, as we see the things going on in the world, we're actually witnessing a sort of <laughs> a, a parade of people who do what is right in their own eyes and wrong in the eyes of God. And this fills us with all kinds of anxiety and fear. I mean, how many of you finish watching the news at night and you think to yourself, you know, everything's going to be just fine? That's what I thought. Yeah, none of us. Uh, because this thing fills us with anxiety and fear. And we don't find any comfort in this world. And we begin to wonder, as this thing seems to be falling apart, what is God doing? Is he going to do anything about this? Can he do anything about this? And if he can, why isn't he? And we wonder, is he going to make good on his promises and return and make all things right? And so we find ourselves here back with Naomi. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And here is Naomi and her bitterness in this world where things seem to be falling apart. Things aren't good, and we're wondering if God will remain faithful in all of this. And then, in the midst of this hopelessness, in the midst of this despair, God shows up. God sends his word. And not in a, in a mighty, powerful way through a great Israelite powerhouse, not through some of the, the powers and, and nations in the world. No, he sends his word to bitter, sorrowful Naomi in the form of a friend. He sends Ruth. And Ruth clung to her. If you've ever been through a sort of hardship we're kind of getting at here this morning, or if you're going through one right now, you know the importance and the necessity of a friend. You know how crucial friendship is in the midst of something like that. And Ruth is certainly a friend to Naomi who stands by her side and will not leave her, but clings to her in the midst of her sorrow. But you need to understand that this account from the Old Testament is not sort of the equivalent of uh, Toy Story, you've got a friend in me, Naomi, kind of stuff. It's far deeper than that. God sends Ruth to Naomi with the only thing that can bring Naomi any sort of hope in this dark and dreary world. Ruth shows up with the light of the gospel. This is what Ruth says to Naomi. Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, 
I will be buried. In other words, Ruth is not going anywhere. In other words, when Naomi cannot confess her faith in this promising God, when Naomi seems to have lost all hope in the world, when she cannot confess her faith in the promises, Ruth does it for her. And Ruth sits by her side and puts this promising God back into her ears and she won't stop doing it. She is going to live with Naomi, she is going to die with Naomi, and she is going to continually give this hope to Naomi. At this point then in the text what we learn is that Ruth becomes for Naomi the church. Ruth becomes Naomi's church. By which I mean she stops at nothing to deliver to Naomi a redeemer. Ruth now goes looking, spending her time looking for a redeemer to come and rescue and save Naomi. Let me, let me explain a little bit about what a redeemer is in this context. If you were a woman with the situation that Naomi found herself in in the ancient world, again, as we mentioned earlier, this meant you were basically given to a life of poverty and left to die if you had nobody to take care of you. But the way the law worked was this, that if there was someone who was a close relation to you, they could come in and they could marry you and bring you back into their house where they would protect you and provide for you. And then the name of your husband would sort of continue on. The lineage of your, your, uh, your former husband would continue on. Naomi, unfortunately, is too old for this to happen for her. So she has no hope. What she would need is someone related to her to go out and find this person who would redeem her and bring, him in, bring her into his house. And so this is what Ruth does. She goes out looking for the Redeemer. The technical term here is kinsman Redeemer. You can share that with your friends at work tomorrow and they'll be very impressed with you. Uh, but she goes out and looks for this Redeemer and she finds one in, in the man Boaz. And Boaz is one of the great characters in all of the scripture. Ruth finds Boaz. Ruth marries Boaz. And Boaz becomes not only Ruth's Redeemer, but brings Naomi into his house and cares for her as well. Ruth found a redeemer for Naomi. Ruth clung to Naomi, Naomi. In and through Ruth, God clung to Naomi. Ruth preached the promises of God to Naomi and delivered to her a redeemer. And God was sort of hiding in the whole situation to bring this redemption to Naomi, almost like a, like a little kid hiding out, playing hide-and-seek, who then jumps out to surprise you. Here is God hiding in the entire situation to bring hope to Naomi, but not just to Naomi. In the midst of this story, God is hiding so that he might bring hope and redemption not just to Naomi, but to all of Israel and ultimately to all the world. Because just listen to how this story plays itself out. Ruth marries Boaz. Boaz has a son named Obed. There will be a genealogy quiz next week, by the way. Ruth marries Boaz, who has Obed. Obed has Jesse. Jesse has a son named David. David becomes the great king of Israel who reintroduces order and the word of God back to the people of God. And from the line of David, he has a great, 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 great grandson named Jesus. And Jesus is the one born who comes into this world to have his heel bruised on the cross and then to rise again three days later in which he crushes the head of Satan. In Christ, then, God is faithful to his promise. Through the story of Ruth, God is remaining faithful even when the rest of the world is faithless. And through Jesus Christ, then God worked redemption and salvation for the entire world, just as he has done it even for you. 
And so now he has you here today. You Naomi's who feel as though everything is being taken away from you and you are feeling hopeless. Or you who have your eyes so fixed on the world's problems that you've practically made an idol of them and are losing hope. Perhaps you are losing hope because you have taken your eyes off of Jesus. But in Christ, you see, this day, you have your Ruth. Only in Christ, we have someone greater than Ruth. Because not only does Christ cling to you, not only does he look to find a redeemer for you, he, in fact, is your redeemer. And he will not let go of you. Ruth clung to Naomi, but Jesus Christ clings to you with the palm of his nail-pierced hand. Anything that would keep you from his father's house, he has removed when he died on the cross for you and purchased you with his blood and redeemed you and brought you into the home of his father. He has conquered Satan for you. And he will ultimately and finally make all things right for you. He has redeemed you and brought you back to his father and to your father, to his God and to your God. Now I know it's hard to see this in the world right now. It's hard to see what Jesus is doing in the midst of all the difficulties and hardships we face. But whatever it is you are going through, hear this good news today. Jesus Christ clings to you. He is your God of the promise who has baptized you into his name. And he will not let go of you. He will cling to you. He is your Ruth who clings to you and does whatever he possibly can to redeem you. This he has accomplished on the cross with his own blood. And though he hides now, lo and behold, he will return with surprise for you to make all things right. And you will see that Jesus does, in fact, remain faithful to his promises for you. He will make good on those promises. For he cannot and he will not deny himself. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that you are faithful to your promises lord we have a hard time believing this with all the difficulties we might be facing in our lives and yet lord through these difficulties you will not let go of us we pray O oh lord that just as your hand clings to us our faith would cling to you and you would strengthen us and sustain us into life everlasting we ask this in the name of your son jesus christ amen Having heard the word of our Lord, I invite you to please rise as we continue by confessing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. 